You're tuned in to David Essel Alive, gang, every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, broadcasting out of uh, Studio E, Los Angeles, California. Damn proud to be part of the Premier Radio Network. We sure are. XM Satellite Radio 168 and streaming worldwide at talkdavid.com. Don't forget to sign up at our website, talkdavid.com, for our weekly wake-up e-letter. Tons of free gifts, audios on relaxation, motivation. There's a five-week life coach e-course that you can sign up for. All you have to do is sign up for our uh, our email list, which is the weekly wake-up. You'll get a list every week uh, of who the guests are. As a matter of fact, if you are on the list right now, you know that we're going to be talking in just a moment or two to Karen Noe, who's a medium and author of uh, of a book, Through the Eyes of Another. We'll be talking to Karen. But see, if you were part of our email list, you'd already know that. You'd actually know what the book was and who's on and tips and ideas and thoughts and the websites of all of our guests on the show. Plus, you'd get all of our free gifts, too. Go to talkdavid.com. Sign up for the weekly wake-up. Take advantage of all of that. If you want to email us during the show, don't forget, you can do it at the same place. Just go to talkdavid.com, hit contact us. Uh, when we have time, we're going to answer as many emails as we can over the air. We love to do that. And then on Facebook, hang out with us. On Twitter, hang out with us. Absolutely. Facebook, David Essel Alive. Twitter, David Essel. And uh, we are rocking on all social media. 1-800-548-TALK. 1-800-548-TALK. Uh, my guest right now is Karen Noe. She's the author of the book. She's a medium. And if you're not sure what that is, we'll be finding out from Karen. An author of the book, Through the Eyes of Another, A Medium's Guide to Creating Heaven on Earth by Encountering Your Life Review Now. Karen, welcome to the show. Hi, David. How are you tonight? <laughs> hey, I'm doing awesome. Hey, so tell us, define a medium. Define it for our audience. Mm, a medium is someone who could connect with the other with people who have crossed over, people who have died. And okay. they're able to connect with their energy and uh, translate what they're saying and that they're around their loved ones. Mm. And and how when did this start for you, Karen? What was there, was there one experience that all of a sudden you said, "What the heck is that?" and you yeah. realized you were talking to someone that passed on? <laughs> Well, when I was younger, I would have dreams of people who died, but that was a little bit different, and they told me, you know, they would give me messages in my dreams. But then about 15 years ago, I was going through a rough time in my life, and I was sitting at the edge of my bed, and I asked the angels, I always talk to my angels, and I asked them to please let me know if I was going to be okay. And with that, I saw, I literally, you heard the, the, the saying, I saw the light. Well, I did. <laughs> I saw a light coming <laughs> towards me from the other side of the room. And my first response was, if you're not of God, please leave. But the more I said that, the more it came towards me and actually came inside of me. Like, in other words, it permeated within me, and I felt an extreme, so much love. I can't even begin to tell you. I can't put it into words. Um, at that time, I heard an audible voice that said, Lucha Lucina, Bella Lucha Lucina. And for those listeners, it means it's in Italian. It means light, little light, beautiful little light. I have since learned it was uh, St. Francis of Assisi, and that's why I'm on the path of promoting peace in the world, because as you know, well, hopefully you know that St. Francis promotes peace. And sure. what happened was right after that experience, I started feeling the angels and people who've crossed over. And I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to uh, people to think I was not in my right mind, you know. 
But uh, I started to connect, and when I did, the messages were always very clear, names, details, and everything about the other person. I decided to start, you know, just doing healing in my center. I now have a metaphysical center. Mm-hmm. And the message spread and spread and spread, and now I have, uh, I'm booked over two and a half, two and a half years ahead of time. Wow! Uh, Holy yeah, cow! Yeah. So I, the the message is the most important message is I know without a doubt that there is life after this body dies. But my wish is for everyone to know that too. And what is that, Karen? What does that life look like to you? Like, what is it? Is it is it the heaven that you know we've been told about? Are there are there cherub, cherubs up there feeding us grapes? And I'm not saying that condescendingly. I just want to know: is, is it is it um, is it more of like a, a, a you know a, a vapor experience where that we know everything's going on, but it isn't quite as visual and physical as we have the 3D here world now? What do you think it's like? Okay, well, from my experience, from the messages that come through. It's more what I feel, because they speak to me telepathically, in other words, thoughts. They tell me their name, things like that, as they, they're feeling. You know, so whatever they love to do when they were here, they are continuing. That's their heaven, quote-unquote heaven. You know, if they mm. love to play golf, they actually, with their thoughts, they're, you know, playing golf, things like that. Mm. They're with their loved ones, they're with, with their animals, and things mm. like that. Um, yeah. So but it's, it's more of a than than what I'm hearing you saying is that um, they're they're immersed in thought, so it's more etheric than it is a physical place where yeah. people are bouncing on clouds, right? Exactly. They're more they're energy, and we are right. energy. The energy of who we are continues after we go, mm. and that's mm. exactly what it is. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. Huh. Now, now we, you've been doing this for a while now. Can you share some of the most interesting, fascinating readings that you've done with some of your clients? Sure. Um, well, I've had uh, so many experiences. One experience, let me see. Oh, there was a woman who never, she tried to get into an appointment. But, you know, as I told you before, I'm booked pretty much far ahead of time. So she came to one of my classes. And as I was doing, um, doing the class, her father came through. And, you know, they always ask me questions, and I always say, well, you know, I can't guarantee what they'll say and if they'll answer your question. But she said to me, can you please, you know, he said his name. His name was Tom. And she said, could you ask him if he could tell me where the hidden money was, is? And I said, the hidden money? Oh, my gosh. So she said, yeah, we're moving, and we can't find the money. You know, he hid money in the house. Okay. And um, so I said, well, let's see what happens. And he shows me the ceiling in the attic under the pink insulation behind the corner in the right side of the room, and he's pulling the (laughs) insulation down, and money is falling out. So I explained that to her, and she said, well, we looked all over the house, and I don't think it's in there, but we'll find out. And what happened was she went home and called me immediately. She found a substantial amount of money exactly where he said. Wow. So this is the type of messages that that they come through with. Yeah. So you know without a doubt, it's not something that I could make up or, you know, (laughs) that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Karen, you know what's so cool? And I want to hear more of these stories, because what's so cool is, of course, there's a lot of doubting Thomases. There's a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. And my wish, I would never want to convince someone if they're not open to this. I wouldn't force it on anyone. Sure. So it's very comforting. Share some more stories. Okay. Yeah. Another story? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay, let's see. Okay, there was one uh, woman who came to see me, and, uh, and her friend, they always say their name, for the most part. She said, my name is Alice. I said, there's someone here named Alice. 
And the woman said, oh, my gosh, that's who I came here for. That's my best friend. And then mm. Alice shows me a picture of Aunt Jemima, you know, the pancake mm-hmm. woman on the box yeah. of pancakes. I said, oh, my God, this woman, the living loved one in my office is going to think I'm crazy. But I said, <laughs> you know, I, should I share this with her? And she showed, uh, I said, well, your friend Alice is showing me Aunt Jemima. And she, the woman screamed. She said, I know without a doubt that's Alice because we were best friends. She came to my high school. And there really was an Aunt Jemima. Aunt Jemima came to us uh, and served us all breakfast. Mm. <laughs> she came in a helicopter, <laughs> served us breakfast, and every time me and Alice would get together, we'd say, remember Aunt Jemima. So those are the types oh, of things, you know. Yeah. In the beginning, you know, when this was happening to me, I said, well, there, there's no way I could be making this up. Or, you know, there's no, you know without a doubt, I, I wouldn't have known that information. So it has to have been coming from her friend Alice. Right. I don't know any other explanation. <laughs> right, so, right, right, right. That's, that's such a cool... It must feel really good. That's such a cool validation for oh, you, isn't wonderful. it? It feels wonderful. Oh. And this is the thing. A lot of people... It doesn't happen often. Every once in a while, somebody won't come, you know, won't come through. And mm. it, I always tell them, I can't make somebody come into the room. But if they're here, unable to interpret what they're saying... Mm-hmm. You know, and things like that. So they know I'm on the up and up, and I say no charge. You know, please come if you want to come back. Come back at a different time. Right, but, right, right, right. Yeah. Karen, I'm going to ask you to hang there for a second. We're going to go to a quick break. We're going to come back. We're talking with author and medium Karen Noe. The name of the book, Through the Eyes of Another. If you want more information on the work she does, go to her website, KarenNoe.com, KarenNoe.com, KarenNoe.com. David Essel in the Box, every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, across these great United States. As a matter of fact, across the world via the Internet. We are so happy you're taking some of your precious time to share with us as we bring to you guests to give you ideas and thoughts on how to take your life to the very next level. 1-800-548-TALK. I'm David Essel. Stay there. David Essel Live, Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, America's positive radio talk show, bringing you ideas and thoughts on how to bring your life to the very next level. 1-800-548-TALK, 800-548-TALK. My guest right now, Karen Noe, a medium and author of the book, Through the Eyes of Another, A Medium's Guide to Creating Heaven on Earth by Encountering your life review now. Karen, you, you mentioned that, um, that, and this is surprising to me, that when, when sometimes when you're doing readings that the deceased come through you with regrets. Well, yes, but this is what happens. They, they're able to see the bigger picture. We go through a life review after we leave this earth, after we leave the body. We're able to see how we have affected each person through their eyes, almost as if we're that person. Wow. So it, yes. So we're, it's not that someone's judging us, and it's kind of like we're judging ourselves, but it's not that we're in a bad place. 
when I say they have regrets, they're able to see how they have affected each person. So I have heard so many come through saying, I should have, I could have, I would have done things differently. I should have spent more time with my loved one, you know, things like that. And I hear that as well with the living loved ones saying the same thing. I should have forgiven Mm. them, things Mm. like this. So I heard this so often, and I said to myself, why do we have to wait till we die to create peace in our lives? Why can't we see through the other person's eyes right here and now? And forgive our loved ones and, you know, and love them and try to see through where, they're, where they are coming from, mm. you know. And it truly was life-changing. I, I conducted an experiment, and I had people go through this experiment trying to see through the other pe- their loved one's eyes, and it was better than anybody could have imagined. Give us an example of something that happened. Sure. There was one woman named Kathy in the book. Um, she had been going to a therapist for three years trying to create peace in her family. And in this experiment, I asked everyone to write letters to their loved ones, of letters of gratitude, forgiveness, and uh, things like that. And mm-hmm. she wrote letters to her loved ones, her children and her husband. And, her, and, that, and that, then she was healed. And she told her therapist all that happened. And her therapist said that um, the letters had done in one month what three years of therapy couldn't even come close to. Wow. Yes, so, I believe that. Yeah. Oh, Yes. Yes. So, Absolutely. You know, so that was just one example, and there were many. And I, I also participated in this experiment, and it was like it was life changing with my family. Ta- so, well, ta- well, were there people that you had to forgive yourself? Yes. Well, I was going through a divorce, and you know, as people do, as they're, when they're going through something traumatic like that, they see through their own eyes. They're not really seeing through their loved ones' eyes how that is affecting them. So when I wrote the letters to my children and my ex-husband trying to see how that this affected them, they felt like, you know, they were being heard. And I, yes. I said, please, I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't mean to hurt you. This is where I'm coming from. And it really made a world of difference. You know, And really do you know, good. Karen, I, I have to say this, though. They, you know, in, in our teaching, we believe that the ego is broken into two er- different areas, the small ego and the big ego. And the small ego is the self-centeredness and, and the desire to be right and all that. And the right. big ego is Christ consciousness, Buddha yes. nature, etc. Right. Yep. So. So, you know what, though? I mean, what you're saying is so powerful because what we're doing is we're 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 leapfrogging above the small ego that says, I don't want to look through their eyes at the <laughs> discomfort. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But what happens wow. is, well, after we die, we're able to see through God's eyes. We're able to sure. see the bigger picture. And if sure. we're able to try, at least try to do it right here and now, you really could create peace in your life. It's oh, amazing. I think it's, I yeah. think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, to share some other stories of clients that have gone through this, this exercise that you, that you talk about in your book and how it's radically changed their lives. Okay, there was another woman named Carol. She had... Um, let me try another one. There was another one, Donna. There's so many, but there was the woman Donna. She could not forgive her mom. Her mom physically and mentally abused her all her life, and she went to therapy. She did all sorts of, you know, she did med- tried to meditate, did all sorts of things. Nothing worked. And when she came to this class, you know, we kept meeting every month, and we went through these ex- experiences. She was finally able to see where her mother was coming from. Because she saw through her mother's eyes that she was mentally and physically abused as well. And she saw her mother as a person instead of just her mother. And she was finally able to let go Mm. of Mm. all that trauma. She wasn't able Mm -hmm. to, 
And what I say to people, it's not easy to forgive, but forgive what the person, not what they did. Because the person right. doesn't know any better. Sure, you know? sure. So, In so many cases, they're just repeating their own past, aren't they? Exactly, yep. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Can you give a, like if uh, for our listeners right now, could you give them a really quick snippet exercise that they might try to apply after our program to, sure. to help them understand this at a deeper level? Sure. What I would tell everyone is to sit down, and the best way to do to go through your life review is to sit down and write a letter. And I think the best type of letter would be the gratitude letter because too often our loved ones don't even know how we feel and what we're proud of them for. So when I wrote the letter to my children, you know, I said, I love you so much. I love you because, or I, well, you love them because of a lot of different reasons, but I'm proud of you for. And you write the different things that you're proud of them for, and you'd say what well, you're grateful for them, you know. They don't realize this. You know, sometimes unless you mention it, they're not aware yes. of it. And yes. then if there's anything to be forgiven, if you need to be forgiven or you want to forgive them, include that in the letter as well. And why I say write a letter is because you're able to sit down and think about it, the words you really mm-hmm. want to use. And then they'll have this letter forever. They could write, read it you know, again and again. Yeah. Hey, we, we have a minute left, Karen. Is there, what, what about for the people that are listening and saying, that's fine and good, but I really don't want to give them the letter? You don't have to. You don't have to mail the letter. Thank on, you. Right. Sometimes it's better not to actually, to open up some wounds. It's better for you, though, because I don't know if you've ever heard that saying, it's not the snake bite that kills us, it's the venom that's left behind. That's right. So when you let that go, you're able to forgive, you will be healed on so many levels. I love it. And I love, I'm so glad I agree with you a thousand percent. The whole thing that sometimes it's more advantageous to do the work for yourself in writing without ever having to send it. That Absolutely. so rocks, Karen. That's yeah. Right. The name of the book, Through the Eyes of Another, a medium's guide to creating heaven on earth by encountering your life review now. The author, Karen Noe, for more information on Carrie, Karen and her work and her book. Visit KarenNoe.com. That's KarenNoe.com. KarenNoe.com. Karen, it was wonderful having you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Okay. Bye-bye now. 1-800-548-TALK, bringing you thoughts and ideas on how you can bring your life to the next level in every area of life. This is what we do every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific on XM Satellite Radio 168 and streaming worldwide at uh, talkdavid.com. Coming up, we've got a bunch of emails, but this one just jumped in. Uh, she says, this is from Luann. David, this may blow your mind. Our toll-free number, by the way, is 1-800-548-TALK. I would love to get your feedback on this topic. This is a mind-blower. 1-800-548-TALK. Uh, the girl, Luann, who wrote to us is 25. Her boyfriend, who's just proposed to her, is 63. A 38-year difference, if my math is correct, a 38-year difference. I'll tell you more about it. But just off the cuff, gang, is this going to work? Age differences in love, do you believe they mean a lot? Do you believe that they have nothing to do with anything if it comes to love? Do you believe 38 years is way too much in order to make a marriage work? What's your thoughts on this? one 800 548-TALK, 1-800-548-8255, 38 years difference in age. Should you just drop it right now? 1-800-548-TALK, I'm David Essel, stay there.
age differences in love. Does it really make that much of a difference? You know, as a matter of fact, on YouTube, we have 400 videos. David Essel in the box with you, by the way. Uh, On YouTube, we have 400 videos on personal growth, and one of them is on this very topic. Should age play a big role in love? Should age be a deciding factor? Should age be a decision maker in regards to... You know what? We're, we're 15, 20, 30 years apart, and it's just not going to work. What are your thoughts on that? Before I get to this email, 1-800-548-8255. Have you experienced a, uh, a large separation of age and relationships, and did it work? Even if it worked for a year or two or five or ten years, and, it, and you're not with them anymore, did it work for a while? Have you experienced large differences in age many times, and it's never worked? What is your personal experience regarding age and love? 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. We have a ton of experience in 22 years working with this very issue. Luann, one of our listeners, says, uh, David, this may blow your mind. I'm 25. My boyfriend is 63. We've been dating for five years. So they started when she was uh, 20 years old. Um She says that they are fully in love, uh, but her family hates this. Uh, She says, from my perspective, it has nothing to do with money. Many people think that I'm with him because of his money, but I'm not because he doesn't have a lot of money. Uh, We met at a personal growth workshop. We pray, meditate, and laugh daily. I did not tell anyone for the first four years out of embarrassment. He recently proposed, I want to say yes, but none of my family will attend the wedding as they've already told me so. This breaks my heart. Do I say yes and have no one at the wedding? Do I say no and lose our love? Uh, I'm very anxious to hear your advice. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. What do you think about this? What would you tell Luann to do? Would you tell her to follow her heart and uh, and be in love with this guy, even if the, no one from the family is going to attend their wedding? If she chooses to say yes to his proposal, uh, do you tell? Would you tell her no? You know what? Like thirty eight years is too much. Your family might be right. Um, how would you deal with no family at your wedding? Is 38 years difference just too much of an age difference, even though, according to Luann, they've got it going? one 800 548 Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Kurt, you're on with David Essel. It doesn't work. I've been there, done that, try to rectify with her like three or four times, 24 years older. It just does not work. For me, it doesn't. So, yeah, and okay. and what were the main blocks to 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 you guys making it uh, not work at twenty four years difference? What were the major blocks, Kurt? A cultural uh, generations, you know, values. Uh, the, the values that really bother me today's values compared to what I grew up with are trash. I just couldn't handle it. Well, give me an example. What what values did she have that you just couldn't buy into or lack of? Uh Everything from from the uh, foul mouth to uh, you know actions and smoking dope's okay. Everything's okay. You know, there's no there's no um, restrictions on anything today. It seems like yeah. I just how long were you guys together for? 
off and on for four years. For four years, yeah? And a 24-year yeah. age difference. What What do you think, Kurt, and just in your per- personal experiences, what do you think the maximum age difference in love could be or should be in order to, to give a good chance at love working? You know what? I'm going to say 10 years max. Yeah. Yeah. I'll never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know, I'm glad you can laugh about it. But when you go back on that yo-yo for four years, that's hell on earth, isn't it? Oh, I'm going through it right now. This is this is the final thing. You know, it was all about. I was a sugar daddy. Okay, I'll admit it. Okay, I was a okay. sugar daddy, and I just uh-huh. got sick of it. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Now, so you guys are just ending it now, recently. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when I heard that, I thought I got a call. This is ridiculous. You know, it's, it's she's gone, but I'm just saying, you know, it's it's recent. But it yeah. doesn't bother me anywhere near like it did the first three times. Because you know, yeah. I, this time I wanted a tan. Yeah. So, but now, it, how did you guys really, meet, Kurt? What's that? How'd you guys meet? She was actually a caregiver for a severely disabled wife I had to, that passed away. Yeah, mm. that's wow. how it happened. Yeah, it it was crazy. I mean, I wasn't even looking for it. It just happened. But um, you know what? You live and learn. It's like I look back. Everybody, everybody tries to say, what are you doing? It took me almost four years to say, you know what? You're right. Right. (laughs) Hey, let me ask you this Okay, let me ask you this question. So, so going back to this, the, the, the woman that we have, Luann, who wrote in, you know, they have a 38 year difference, right? But the way that she's writing this, they've been dating for five years. They're fully in love with each other. She is excited about being with him, but her family would not attend the wedding if she decides to go through with it. I agree with her family. Sorry. Yeah. I do. Really? Yes. It's ridiculous, you know? We have a guy here around Pittsburgh. He's um, a billionaire, literally. He, he's nationally known. He has a great big lumber company. He, uh, <laughs> I remember when that happened because I'm, it's, it was worse than me. His, his was like 40 years difference, and it didn't work. You know, he was yeah. married for like 50 years, and he married this girl that was like could have been his granddaughter. You know, I mean, it was ridiculous. I thought it was ridiculous right. what I did. And, you know, <laughs> it just, it does, you know what? I'm sure once in a while it probably does work, but yeah. you know the. The chance, the uh, the odds are so great against it. Right? It, come on, really? <laughs> There's just too much difference. And I knew this, but it was like I'm stupid. <laughs> but I'm well, not wait stupid. A minute, Kurt. Well, Kurt, but wait a minute. I, I'm going to take you a little bit off of that hook right now because when you're in that emotional state, you are losing your wife, right? Yeah, you're right. That that didn't that didn't help either. You're right. No, I mean, we make decisions, emotional decisions, when we're underneath that type of duress and stress that we might not normally make had that not been a part of the equation. So give yourself a little bit of a break here. Oh, yeah. I was a caregiver for my wife for, I was married 35 years. I was a wow. caregiver. Yeah, I was a caregiver for her for a better part of my life. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. So I'm not making excuses, but yes, this girl came along and bam. Yeah, so, right. And I and, and you know what? And and I could understand how that could happen, Kurt. You know, you're you're losing your wife, you're looking for connection, you're looking for emotional support as well as sex and everything else. I can see it happening, bro. Absolutely. Yeah. Well hindsight's yeah. twenty twenty and I should have never did it, but hey, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, right on. Hey, Kurt, thank you so much for the call. Okay, thank you, sir. Bye bye. 
Okay, bye-bye. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. Age differences in love. Can it work? Will it work? Luann, I'm going to go back to her email. I think it's quite fascinating. 25 years old. Her boyfriend's 63. They've been dating five years. They met at a personal growth workshop. What they have in common, pray, meditate, meditate daily. Uh, her embarrassment, now this says a lot, her embarrassment at dating someone so much older kept her from telling anyone for four years. She's come out of her own little age difference closet. He proposed. She wants to say yes, but the family has already said we are not attending. What would you tell her to do? Would you recommend, as Kurt did, to drop the ball and run because it's not going to work from his personal experience? Would you tell her to give it a shot if they're fully in love? If they've been successful for five years at pulling off this relationship, even though there's a 38-year difference, would you tell them tell her to follow her heart and to go for it? Five years is a long time. And that big of an age difference to be able to say, we're rocking, we're doing well, or would you tell her, become more logical? Take your emotions, your heart out of it, and logically look at the fact that if you're dating someone 40 years older, you know, one of the things that came up recently with a client I was working with is that she had married someone 25 years older. They had been together for 20 years. And then because of that big age difference, he died. She's still in the prime of her life. And she is having a hard time moving on. Would you recommend to Luann to give it a shot? Five years of a successful dating relationship. He wants to marry her. She would like to, but her family will not attend the wedding. Would you tell her no? Would you tell her yes? Have you been in a certain circumstance? Have you been in a relationship with an age difference? Maybe not 38 years, but significant. Did it work? Did it not? Kurt called from Pittsburgh and said he wouldn't do it again. 1-800-548-8255. I'd love to know what you think about this. After these messages, we'll come back. More information on helping you to make the very best decisions in your life with love and your health, dealing with stress, dealing with resentment, the economy. Everything that's on your mind is on our minds. We want to make sure to give you thoughts and ideas to move forward in life. 1-800-548-8255. I'm David Essel. Stay there. David Essel alive. Every day is a new day. Hey, today might be the day you decide to rock and go for it in life. Maybe this is what we're supposed to be doing here on this show in regards to your mind, body, spirit, age, differences, and love. 1 800 548 We're going to get to Mike in Colorado in just a second. But here's Arlene uh, who wrote in and said, uh, we have a 25-year age difference between myself and my partner. Everything is great except our families are constantly trying to push us apart. Yes, tell her to do it. Marlene also wrote in and said, hell no, he'll be dead, she'll be alone. 
38 eight years of age difference in love. Kurt called earlier and said, hell no. He's had stress with a 24-year age difference. 1-800-548-8255. What do you think? 1-800-548-8255. Let's go to Mike in Colorado. You're on with David Essel. Hey, how you doing there? Hey, Mike, what's on your mind here regarding this topic? Well, I could say so much, but first, I do have an experience with that, but in regarding these two, I think I say go for it, man. I mean, I understand the parents, especially of the younger, you know, the daughter. I could see how they would be a little upset, uh, but, you know, man, you know, people aren't in this world to please their parents. I mean, I just, you know, you, you know, if you're grown, I think you should, I think you should go for it. Yeah. Now, you said you have some experience in this. Yeah, I'm 38 now. When I was 20, well, it started when I was probably 20. It lasted until I was 23. I dated a hot 35-year-old. <laughs> and I tell you what, man, I was loving it. <laughs> so there was a 15-year age difference. Yeah, but I was young, and, you know, she, <laughs> oh, man, it was, I was, you know, I was a little more mature than the average 20-year-old, not much, but a little bit, and <laughs> I was loving it, man. It was great, dude. I had fun, man. We went everywhere, and it was, it was, I loved it. Okay, what was so great about dating a 15-year-old, a woman who was 15 years older than you at 20? What were some of the things that were so great, Mike? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, she was established. Uh, she had a great job. I didn't, you know, I didn't use her for money. I had my own job. Uh, she made tons more money than I did, and uh, you know, uh, I I took care of my stuff. But she took me places, you know, that I hadn't been. We went up to the mountain, you know. Before, you know, twenties, you go to the bar and party. And then I started. I met her, and we. I broke out, and we started going to the mountains and hanging out together, and just just took me to different places that right. you know I currently wasn't going. It was just I don't know, man, and it was just. I mean, I don't know. And she was hot on top of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, the, hey, those are two good reasons to hang with an older woman. They're hot, oh, yeah, and, they're take, and they're taking you to places that you don't go to. Well, you know, one, in, in, in all the years of counseling these individuals who, who I have worked with, um, one of the things that happens all in, in the positive side of big age differences is that both people experience something different. You know, both people experience something different. And so, Mike, your bottom line with our the, the woman, our listener who just wrote in, Luann, is, is even though it's a 38-year age difference, you're saying to her, go for it. I'm saying go for it. You know, I mean, you know, now, of course, that I'm older, 38, you know, you don't, you're, when, you, when, you, when you look for a partner, you look for love, or you look for someone to spend quality time with, you don't look for a number. You know, you meet somebody, and uh, if you if you if you guys mesh, you guys mesh. You don't go, okay, I can't date this person. I, I can't look for this person because they're this age. I mean, I think it's just natural, man. Right on, right on, Mike. Thank you so much for the call. Okay, thank you. Okay, bye bye. One eight hundred five four eight eight two five five. So we have two totally different opinions on the phone lines. We have Kurt who was dating someone 24 years younger, did not work. They battled each other on and off, on and off for three years. And he's saying, no, don't go there. And then we have Mike saying, absolutely go there. And then we have Arlene saying, yes, 
Uh, Marlene saying no. Daniel just wrote in, said that he's in a relationship for fi- with a 15-year age difference. Um, and you need to follow your heart. His whole thing is you need to follow your heart. 1-800-548-8255. Do you agree with that? If there's like a huge age difference, do you say follow your heart? If you've been together for a number of years, do you hang in there or do you look logically at the situation as uh, as Marlene wrote to us? And she said, from a logical perspective, he's going to at 38 years age difference. He's going to die. You're going to be alone. Pretty brutal. It's a part of reality, right? There's a part of great reality. Would you allow that to get in your way? of an awesome relationship. Luann, who wrote into us, said they've been dating for five years. It's incredible. Would you allow, if you're in a relationship with someone and your family, now now uh, Mike said something interesting, saying you're not here on this earth to please your family. But if you're in a long-term relationship, five years is a long-term relationship, right? And your family objects so completely to the thought of you marrying someone that much older that they will not attend your wedding, do you move forward? When your dream was to have a wedding with your family there, maybe your sister or brother in the party, do you move forward and marry the person anyway? 1-800-548-TALK. Or do you let it go? Because the ceremony is once in a lifetime, right? The ceremony is once in a lifetime. Do you let it go and wait until you find someone that your family approves of? Luann is uh, 25 years old, so does she wait? Does she hold off and wait until she... And then look at the precedence you're setting, right? And what if the next person she dates is two years older but they don't agree with her marrying him because of his religion or because of his race. All of a sudden now, aren't we looking at age like we do with some other determiners of relationships? We start to look at age and start to say, you know, I would never date someone who wasn't my skin color. My, I wouldn't date someone who was out of my religion. I wouldn't date someone who was out of my economic bracket. What do you think? At what point do we use logic in love versus our emotional connection in love? Now, when uh, Kurt called in earlier and said they had yo-yoed and been battling for three years, nah, that's not worth it. 24 years, age difference, and you're battling? Hell no. That ain't worth it at all. But as we say on the video on YouTube that we did for age differences in, in love, it really comes down to that groundbreaking similarities. What do you have in common? What do you have in common? What's more important? Do you have something that you're grounded by? Do you have some kind of that internal connection? Are you able to work through and to speak honestly and to be open? Are you open? Are you able to do the things that couples need to do in long-term love? Are you able to forgive and forget? Are you able to be in each other's presence and not say anything and do anything and have fun? Are you comfortable in their presence? Those are the things that we're looking for, gang. That's what we're looking for in love. Not the age, not the race. Not the religion. We're looking for those commonalities. We're looking for the respect coming from both sides of the equation. 
We're looking for the openness coming from both sides of the equation. We're looking for someone to, even if we do things different than them, we have different belief systems that we're able to release our stronghold on being right and focus on being kind. Every Saturday, we are here for you. I want to thank the gang behind the booth here. Uh, Nathan Staten running the show as the engineer. Will Wilkerson, segment producer, and so many other people. Nancy Hill running Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Guys, everyone rocks. We can't wait to come back next week. Have a fabulous week. Be bold, be strong, be positive. I'm David Essel. See you then.